It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills Week 10 opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, let's break down this next game the Bills are playing. We're excited to turn the page completely away from. The Bengals loss and on with the next one and hopefully the start of a big run for the Buffalo Bills as they try to maximize this opportunity here in 2023 and certainly getting on track with a win on Monday Night Football would be a nice start to a run. So the Buffalo Bills are back home in week 10 to host the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. The game will be played on Monday, November 13th. At 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time at Highmark Stadium at or in Orchard Park, New York, the game will be broadcasted on ESPN. Joe Buck is on the play-by-play. Troy Aikman, the game analyst, and Lisa Salters, the sideline reporter. This will be the 41st all-time meeting between the Bills and the Broncos. The Bills have an all-time record against Denver of 23-16-1. They've won the last three against Denver, and Sean McDermott is 3-0 coaching against the Denver Broncos. The last time these two teams played was back in 2020, a 48-19 win for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills enter this game 5-4. The Broncos are 3-5. They started the season 0-3, and then they got to 1-5, but they've won their last two. So they're 3-5, and and they're trending in a good direction. In Week 1, they lost to the Raiders 17-16. In Week 2, they lost to the Commanders 35-33. Week three was the big 70 to 20 loss to Miami. Week four, they beat the Bears 31 to 28. Week five, they lost to the Jets 31 to 21. Week six, 19 to 18 loss to the Chiefs. Week seven, 19 to 17 win over the Packers. And in week eight, 24 to nine winners over the Chiefs. They were on a bye last week. So they come into this game with a rest advantage over the Buffalo Bills. Head coach of the Broncos is Sean Payton, 59 years old. It's his first season in Denver. Of course, he was the Saints head coach from 2006 through 2021. He boasts an all-time record of 155 and 94. Of course, won the Super Bowl with the Saints back in 20, or excuse me, in 2009. And he's actually had a, an amazing stretch of coaching offense, something that I learned while uh, looking him up and researching him in advance of this game. He's coached a top 10 NFL offense in terms of yards per game for 16 consecutive seasons. He had three of those as the Giants offensive coordinator. And then his first 13 years in New Orleans, 
they were top 10 in offense. So a, an incredible resume of coaching offensive football. The quarterback for the Denver Broncos is Russell Wilson, 5'11", 215 pounds, 34 years old. He turns 35 this month, was a third-round pick, number 75 overall, out of Wisconsin by the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, he was Seattle's starter for 10 seasons before being traded to Denver, won a Super Bowl with Seattle. Uh, for his career, he started 181 games. And he has a record of 111-69-1 all-time in games that he starts. So far in 23 starts with the Broncos, he is 7-16. and 16. In 2023, he's completing 66% of his passes, 202 yards per game. He has not passed for more than 200 yards in any of his last four. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, and a passer rating of 101.7. Let's dive into the metrics a little bit more here, and these metrics will cover the last four games. I think it's really important for us as we get longer into the season to focus in on the most recent stretches of how teams are performing. And so that's what we'll do here for Russell Wilson, just like we did last week for Joe Burrow. A lot of interesting numbers for Russell Wilson. We'll start with his time to throw. His average time to throw is 3.25 seconds. That is crazy high. I mean, that is by far the slowest trigger in the NFL. He's also been sacked a ton. He's been sacked 15 times over his last four games, and he's been sacked on 11.3% of passing plays. So Russ Wilson, slow-triggered quarterback that gets sacked a lot. That's That's kind of been the book on him for a long time, and it's interesting. So much of that conversation with him back in Seattle was uh, offensive line issues. Well, Russ Wilson's one of those guys that holds onto the football, puts a lot of stress on the offensive line, and um, is responsible for a lot of the pressure that he faces and a lot of the sacks that uh, that happen are, are because of him and not being a very fast uh, triggered quarterback and kind of inviting some some pressure. He's he's kind of risk averse in terms of not throwing a lot of interceptions and. You know, I think he's one of those quarterbacks that cares a lot about stats. So you'll see him kind of eat the football and, you know, uh, take take a sack before he'll, you know, really try to force it into a tight window. His average depth of target is 6.5, very low, second lowest in the NFL. 12.7% of his throws are 20-plus yards down the field. That is 14th over the last four games on 20-plus uh, throws that are 20-plus down the field. He's 4 of 13 for 102 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. 55.4% of his throws are to his first read. That is dead last in the NFL. So you can see the correlation here, right? Slow-triggered quarterback also doesn't throw to his first read very often. So you got to cover longer, right? you got to to stay with guys because he's going to hold on to the football and try to find open targets. When Russ Wilson gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds, which is 42% of the time, completes 74% of those passes, and a passer rating of 104.6. That passer rating is 21st in the NFL. When he holds on to it over two and a half percent, uh, two and a half seconds, which is 58% of the time, he completes 55% of his passes for a passer rating of 87.1. So statistically, he's much worse when he holds on to the football for a long time, but he holds on to the football for a long time. I think that's just stylistically who Russ Wilson has always been in the NFL. He's under pressure a lot, and a lot of that's because of him. Uh, 41.4% of the pressure he faces, uh, excuse me, he pressure, he's pressured 41.4% of dropbacks, fourth highest in the NFL. What's interesting about that is 26% of the pressure he faces is his own fault, which is the most in the league. 
Now, when he is under pressure, he fares pretty well statistically, an 88.6 passer rating under pressure, a completion percentage of 51.7%. That's sixth in completion, excuse me, sixth in uh, passer rating, 13th in completion percentage under pressure. When he's kept clean, a passer rating of 98.3, which is right in the middle of number 16, and a completion percentage of 70%, which is 23rd. So uh, he's used to being under pressure. So that's kind of a, a place where he's comfortable because he's always pressured because he holds onto the football. One thing that's very interesting about the splits here for Russell Wilson, and I'm sure Sean McDermott's going to be very excited about this. He is a quarterback that you can blitz. In fact, when he's blitzed, he has a passer rating of just 67.3, which is third worst in the NFL. When he's not blitzed, his passer rating is 113.5, which is the best in the league. So you know Sean McDermott's going to want to push all the buttons when it comes to his blitz packages, and I expect that to be a a blitz-heavy game plan against Denver, which he blitzed a ton against Cincinnati, and Joe Burrow's not the type of quarterback that you want to blitz. Russell Wilson, you can blitz this guy, and I'm sure Sean McDermott will. Play action, only 20% of the time. That's 23rd in terms of frequency as a passer rating of 76.3 with play action. That's 25th in the league. They do run a lot of screens. 15% of the passing plays are screens, sixth most, and a 5.8 average yards per attempt on screens, which is 15th. So unique quarterback here in Russell Wilson. Likes to hold on to the ball, likes to play off schedule, um, and there's some good and bad with that and a lot of opportunity that comes with that. And so should be an interesting game plan for Sean McDermott on Monday night. And of course, we're going to dive into that here even more in just a moment. But I got to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format's incredible. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and including sharks. It's just you versus numbers. All you do is select two or more players. You pick more or less in their projected stats and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. I love all these sports going on right now, and they're even more exciting when you have a prize picks entry going into a slate of games. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Folks, we spend a lot of time together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. So whether you're on extended travel, you're bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend, thanks to our partners over at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember, use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. So if you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use our promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. The offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos is Joe Lombardi, 52 years old. His first season as Denver's offensive coordinator was the Chargers OC the last two seasons, did have two years with Detroit as their offensive coordinator back in 2014 and 2015. 
Yes, he is the grandson of Vince Lombardi, but Sean Payton is the offensive play caller. So, you know, that was kind of the deal. You go back to the time with the Saints. Sean Payton was the head coach and play caller, but the offensive coordinator was Pete Carmichael. That's kind of the same relationship here with Joe Lombardi. Let's talk about the metrics here. The Broncos are averaging 22 points per game. That is 16th in the NFL. 5.7 yards per pass. That is 20th. 4.8 yards per rush. That's very good. Second best in the league. They only have one rushing touchdown as a team this year, which is pretty interesting. They turn it over 13.6% of drives. That is 10th in the league. They score on 37% of drives. That's also 10th. They convert 40% of their third down opportunities. That's 15th. They score a touchdown 54% of the time that they get to the red zone. That is also 15th. Let's talk about their personnel here. Their wide receivers, an interesting trio. Cortland Sutton, their number one target, big-bodied uh, receiver that can win down the field, has some yak ability for a big guy. Uh, not a super dynamic route runner, but a guy that, when healthy, has been a productive player. Jerry Judy is the number two target, uh, route runner, uh, middle-of-the-field type guy, um, kind of up-and-down player, uh, but certainly capable. And he presents some challenges just because of that athleticism and ability to get in and out of breaks. Marvin Mims, a rookie out of Oklahoma, is their number three. And if you remember me talking about Marvin Mims during the pre-draft process, I loved him. Uh, and I'm a big fan. I think he's he's Emmanuel Sanders 2.0. And so I'm sure that as it moves along here, he'll become more and more a part of this offense. He certainly had some flashy moments. He's the only receiver. He's the only player on the Broncos that has had 100 yards from scrimmage in a game yet this year. And it only happened one time. And I think that uh, Denver, it would behoove them to get him going the rest of the way because I think he can be a big answer for this offense. Their tight end is Adam Troutman. That's not their preferred tight end. They'd love to have Greg Dulcich healthy. He's not. Second-year player out of UCLA. I think he's one of the up-and-coming tight ends in the NFL. He's injured, won't be available. So it's Adam Troutman who has familiarity with Sean Payton from their time together with the Saints. At running back, they got a really nice trio here. Javante Williams, young player out of North Carolina, uh, missed last year or a lot of last year with an ACL tear, uh, but his rookie season was very promising, and he's he's gotten it going a little bit this year. Physical runner, dense frame, kind of like 5'11", 225 pounds, tackle breaker, physical runner uh, that has some explosiveness about him as well. They've They've got a little bit of a discovery here with Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, former Notre Dame player, transferred to Youngstown State, very small, 5'7", 185 pounds, pretty fast, like runs in the low 4'4s, and he's provided a big spark for this offense, over seven yards per carry. He catches the football for them, so he's kind of an X factor there for this backfield, and they have a very, very good third running back who I think they probably signed to be the number two, but that's kind of been more Jaleel McLaughlin of late, Samaje Pirine, the number three. Uh, you remember him from Cincinnati, a big, dense build, can catch, can block, can run. I think he's a very useful player. And so they're three deep with good runners here in Williams, McLaughlin, and Pirine. And so far this year, Williams has 90 carries, McLaughlin 38, and Pirine 27. So make no, make, no, make no mistake about it, Williams is their lead back, but there's still a lot of volume for the other two guys in this backfield. When it comes to target distribution, 46 for Cortland Sutton, 40 for Judy, 26 for Pirine, 22 for Williams, 18 for Troutman, 14 for McLaughlin, and 13 for Mims. Let's look at this offensive line, a veteran offensive line with some handsomely paid players here. Left tackle Garrett Bowles, 
think he's been one of the better left tackles in the league for a long time. He anchors the blind side. Their left guard is Ben Powers. They signed him to come over from the Ravens and free agency. I think they overpaid there quite a bit, uh, like $14 million a year for him. I think he's an average starter. And, and so like if you can just accept that he's an average starter, you can appreciate who he is. If you think about him with this price tag, you expect him to be a dominant player. I think he's a, he's a good starting left guard in the NFL. Their center is Lloyd Cushenberry, who's developed nicely for them. Uh, was uh, LSU right back with Joe Burrow in that group was the center there. And um, I think they have a long-term answer there in Cushenberry at center. Their right guard is a, a good young player in Quinn Miners. Um, probably remember him from the senior bowl and his gut hanging out. But at the end of the day, he's, he's a good young offensive lineman that I think will be a fixture for a long time. And their right tackle is Mike McGlinchey. They paid him a ton of money to come over from the San Francisco 49ers. It's been a disappointment. He's given up the most sacks on this team. And um, he's he's even kind of towards the end there with San Francisco, you saw some chinks in the armor with him. So they're paying him a lot. He's a vet. He's played a lot of football. He's been the shakiest of this group to this point in the season. So my keys for the Bills' defense against this offense, number one, sack Russell Wilson. Back him, right? The defensive line should eat, and it's not because this offensive line is bad. It's because Russ Wilson holds onto the ball and gets sacked. We talked about the metrics when he's blitzed, 113.5 passer rating when blitzed, when not blitzed, excuse me, 113.5 passer rating when not blitzed. That's best in the league. 67.3 passer rating when blitzed, third worst in the league. Dial up the blitz, Sean. Dial it up. Dial up the blitz and sack Russell Wilson. Number two is you got to be ready to cover running backs. They throw the ball to running backs a ton, 52 catches for the Denver running backs in eight games this year. That's second most in the NFL. And the team that is number one, I think it's the e- – no, it's the Saints. It's the Saints, and they played nine games. And so they throw the ball to running backs, and so you better better cover them and you better tackle them uh, because that's they love to get it to those running backs. And number three is defend the run. They're going to run the ball. They're going to test your run defense. And number two in yards per carry this season is Denver, and they've had a really good stretch. Their last four, they've been over 100 yards rushing, 138 per game yards per game on average over the last four, and that's some games against good defenses. They played the Chiefs twice in there and the Jets, and they're still averaging 138 rushing yards per game over the last four, second highest yards per carry in the league uh, since the beginning of the year. So I expect them to come out and challenge the Bills' run defense, and so you better be ready to bow up and play some big boy football and, and defend the run. So. Sack Russell Wilson, cover the running backs, and defend the run. My keys for the Bills' defense against this Denver Broncos offense. All right, we got to get into the Bills' offense against the Denver defense. I know that a lot of people will be interested in how that matchup shakes out, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year can be challenging for some people, and it's natural to feel some sadness and even some anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you tools to manage everything that's going on. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. So you've been thinking about starting therapy. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, all you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you matched with a licensed therapist. And then you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. The defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos is Vance Joseph, 51 years old. It's his first season as Denver's defensive coordinator, but he was their head coach in 2017 and 2018. That's really fascinating to me. You don't see a ton of previous head coaches going back to the, that team and then being a coordinator. That, that's really unique. Um, I can't really think of many instances of that happening, especially within a short period of time. I mean, this guy was their head coach in 2018. In 2023, is their defensive coordinator. That's just really fascinating to me. Uh, Vance Joseph does have eight seasons of NFL experience as either a head coach or a defensive coordinator, uh, most recently with the Arizona Cardinals, and now he's with Denver. Now, I could get into the stats with Denver's defense, and they're not impressive, right? I mean, they're literally last or near last in every single category that you would measure defense. And that's because they gave up three games worth of production to the Miami Dolphins when they allowed 70 points. They've been a lot better over the last few weeks. And so I could sit here and tell you they're dead last in everything, or I could be honest with you and say, yeah, that happened. The reason they're dead last is because they gave up three games of production in one. There's eight games played. And so, no, it's not going to tell a good story, uh, but they've done a lot better lately. They've held their last three opponents under 20 points, and that includes two games against the Chiefs where they gave up 19 to Kansas City and nine points in the other one. They also gave up 17 to the Green Bay Packers. They've been getting takeaways as well, 11 takeaways in the last five games for the Denver defense, including five of those in their latest game against Kansas City, the game where they held them to nine points. Now, for the season, they've been pretty good on third downs. Uh, They get off the field 30, excuse me, they allow a first down on third down 38.5% of the time. That's 14th, so middle of the pack there. They give up a touchdown on 50% of red zone trips. That's 11th, so pretty decent overall. Like when you consider how many yards they've given up, their metrics in terms of third down and red zone are are much more encouraging for them. They blitz 27% of the time. That's 11th most in the league. They get pressure 16% of the time, which is 31st. That's not very good. And 6% sack rate, which is 25th. Their personnel is interesting to me. On the edge, they've got a lot of speed off the edge. Uh, Nick Benito, young pass rusher out of Oklahoma. He's bursty and bendy. Baron Browning, who I think has superstar potential as a pass rusher out of Ohio State, and Jonathan Cooper, who I think is an underrated player. And those, those three guys can really get after the quarterback. And they they had a different mix of guys starting the year. They had Frank Clark. They've had Randy Gregory. They moved on from those guys. And this unit has actually rushed the passer a lot better without Frank Clark, without Randy Gregory, and, and allowing more opportunity for Cooper, Benito, and Baron Browning. So a lot of speed and burst and flexibility uh, you'll find in those three players. On the interior, Zach Gowans, the big ticket name here. They signed him uh, and gave him a big deal coming out of free agency uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. Kind of that classic five-tech type player, big-time motor, um, makes a lot of plays just with his urgency overall. And, and he's he's gotten a lot of pressure, and he's made some, some tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Jonathan Harris, DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, the other mix of interior linemen, uh, Jones, a, a tank of a nose tackle. He's he's to me he's a he's a nice player. Um, and Purcell is a vet. Harris of that as well. Linebacker Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell are the main players there. I think you can have those guys in coverage. I think they're smart players. They um, 
can play downhill, but I think if you can challenge them a little bit to run and chase and play in space, you can have some success. They also have Drew Sanders, who they drafted this past year out of Arkansas. They're kind of working him into this defense, and he offers a lot of versatility as a blitzer, and he's certainly very, very athletic. Now, their cornerbacks, we've got some switches here. Uh, they've changed two of these guys. So Patrick Sertain, that's the mainstay. He's one of the best young corners in all of football. But then it's Fabian Moreau opposite of him, and he's been kind of a disappointing player throughout his career, very athletic, uh, but he's never been able to really give extended extended stints of quality play, and he's bounced around a little bit. And then Jaquan McMillan is their slot, and so that's a big shift from Damari Mathis and Asang Bassey, who was their number two corner and uh, slot corner, respectively. Now it's Moreau, who, again – Maybe he's better than Mathis, but has not been a consistent player in the NFL. Jaquan McMillan in the slot, an undrafted player out of East Carolina, uh, that's been really good so far this season. But he's still a young, inexperienced player um, that has potentially overachieved to this point. Again, he's been good, but like sustaining that is probably the question. And um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be afraid to test him. So a, a switch here in their cornerback uh, situation. Their safeties, a good pair. Justin Simmons, who's one of the most dynamic playmaking safeties in all of football. And then Kareem Jackson, who's a veteran, like older safety. But I've I've always thought of Kareem Jackson as like one of the best tackling safeties in the entire NFL. And so I think he pairs really well with the Justin Simmons. So interesting personnel. Um, speed off the edge. They got some stout dudes in the middle. Some... Uh, cerebral linebackers that aren't overly dynamic to me. They've got some talent at corner is certainly in certain, but a couple of question marks otherwise. And then Simmons and Jackson, who's a good pair of safeties. Jackson, certainly an aging player. So it's an interesting uh, group here. My keys for the bills defense, excuse me, offense against this Broncos defense. Number one, I'll probably put this down every single week. Take care of the football, you know, for all the conversations that we're having about the bills and their offense, um, you know, turnovers are our problem, right? You got to take care of the football. You can't uh, put your defense in bad situations to the degree that the Bills offense has. And this is a team that just took took away the football five times against the Kansas City Chiefs. So take care of the football. Number two is be ready for speed off the edge. This is a unique challenge with their edge rushers, a lot different than what the Bills have faced to this point. Bursty, bendy, you know, guys that can really challenge uh, that outside hip. And so I think the Bills are going to need to be ready to deal with it, right? It's a unique challenge. You don't see this type of speed off the edge uh, for most teams. And so that that's unique. Uh, you might want to have to slide the pocket, move it, you know, do things to kind of slow them down. Think about Josh Uche. You know, you know him from the New England Patriots. They got like three of those guys. Um, now, again, they're not household names yet. They're all very young, but you, they're up and coming. Uh, number three is test the run defense. They have not been good stopping the run, even as they've improved overall as a defense. They've given up a lot of yards per carry, uh, and, and even recently they've they've had some games where uh, teams are able to pile up a bunch of rushing yards. And I'm not just referring to the Dolphins and you know the millions of yards they got that game. They've they've given up some some rushing production to the Jets, uh, to the Packers. So you got to test this run defense. And number four is test the matchups. There's things that I like uh, about the your personnel against their personnel. You know, Fabian Moreau, Jaquan McMillan, I mean, let's go. <laughs> let's get Dalton Kincaid on those players. Let's get Gabe Davis on those players. Let's get Khalil Shakir on those players. You should be able to win some matchups 
And especially with those linebackers, Singleton and Jewel, if they're in coverage against Kincaid or Shakir, I mean, that's an easy, like, that's where you go with the football type situation. So you should have some real chances there uh, to, to win matchups with your players against them in terms of the passing game. Even James Cook, I, I'd love to try to get James Cook ISOed up on some of these linebackers and you know, see if they can they can stick with them. So that, that's those would be my keys. Take care of the ball. Be ready for the speed off the edge. Test that run defense and go after some of these matchups that I think you have a, an advantage uh, over them. Quickly on special teams, our kicker is Will Lutz, outstanding veteran kicker. He's 13 of 15 on the season. Riley Dixon is their punter. He's his eighth season as a punter. He started his career in Denver, then he went to like the Giants and maybe one other team, the Rams, and came back to Denver. Not having a good season. Third lowest EPA per punt so far this year. The return guy is Marvin Mims, uh, dynamic dude, so I wouldn't be too interested in messing with him. Also, Denver probably has the best kick and punt coverage units in the league. So, uh, on you know, take the tw- on, uh, when you're doing kick return, just take the 25. Don't mess around with that. And in the punt return game, you can you certainly try to be opportunistic, but just be aware that these guys have been unbelievable covering kicks and punts all season long. So you have it, the primer on the Denver Broncos, what they are, the keys for the Bills to get a win. Always love doing these episodes and really appreciate you guys being here. Our next episode will drop on Sunday. It'll be our typical last conversation. Final thoughts. I want to break down the two new practice squad additions that the Bills uh, brought in this week. We'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills about injuries and, of course, my five predictions for Monday night. So don't miss anything. Make sure you are subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great weekend. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again before Monday Night Football.